Welcome back to the I'm Open Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a big reason I'm so jealous of Canadians. We're going to be talking about a piece of plastic that is way more influential than you are, and we're going to be talking about clapping. When can it secretly be an insult? All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. I'm Open Family. I am so excited to be back with everyone today. We have an awesome show coming up, and I'm really in a great mood. I'm so excited to be with you guys, as always. But there is something that kind of got me in a little bit of a down mood, and this had to do with LeBron James. Normally, LeBron, normally he's known for putting me in a really good mood, to be honest. He's he's a great guy, great basketball player, uh, humanitarian, just a smart all-around guy gentleman and a scholar and he and he's really a, a, a fine young man so it's rare that LeBron is gonna put me in a situation where I'm a little bit ticked off but uh, that's where we are right now and this is in regards to LeBron's recent response over some drama that's been going on with his team the Los Angeles Lakers now Kevin Durant who's a good friend of LeBron's and he plays on, uh, I guess you could say a rival team, the Golden State Warriors, though the Golden State Warriors don't really have uh, any rivals right now. Kevin Durant expressed that he felt that the media had sort of created a toxic environment around LeBron where there's just so much attention and spotlights focused on the team that it's really difficult for his supporting cast, and for that reason it might be tough for LeBron to convince other top-notch players to join him in L.A. Now, when asked about this narrative, LeBron was unfazed, And he said, I can care less. I can care less about the narrative about me. Now, I don't have any problem with the message. I love that LeBron has always been unfazed, at least superficially, to the public eye. He has been unfazed by different spotlight, by the media, questions, drama, whatever it might be that's surrounding his team. LeBron somehow is able to just compartmentalize and still go out and excel on the court no matter what is going on with himself, his teammates, his coaches, etc. But the reason I had a big problem about this is with the phrase, I can care less. Now, this is something I've never totally understood. I've always wondered, is it me that's saying this phrase wrong? Is it everyone else that's saying this phrase wrong? Do half of us say it wrong and some of it not wrong? Is it just a situation where some people don't really know exactly what the phrase is supposed to be? But I can care less. That's what I'm talking about right here. So when I hear the phrase, I can care less... That makes me think you can, literally, it's the words, I can care less. I can care less. Four words based on my rudimentary math skills. I, is myself, can, what you're able to do, care, is how much attention you give towards something, less. Not as much as what you currently are. That's a smaller amount. We're just breaking this down here. Syntax, baby, syntax. So you can care less would mean that you can give less attention to this item than you currently are. So that means that you care more. You currently care more, and you could care less. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm really confused. I I think what LeBron maybe meant to say is I couldn't care less, which that would mean I don't even care about this at all. It would be impossible for me to care about it any less because I don't give a shit about this. That's, I think, what he meant, and I, I appreciate that. I totally understand that that's what he meant. I, I'm not trying to roast LeBron over here. LeBron's the, the, the king, okay? So I'm not trying to roast that. I'm just saying it's confusing to me, and please reach out and let me know. I, I'm Open Family. You know how to find me on Facebook. You know how to find me on Instagram. I'm Open underscore pod. And let me know if, if I am I stupid, because I could be. It wouldn't be the first time that I've uh, received that information. So I definitely could be stupid. I probably am. and But uh, I just, I when you say I can care less, when my mind math makes it add up to I can care less than I currently care. So that means you care a lot. And I don't think that's not, I mean, not that it's not cool to care a lot, but in this situation, the point is that he doesn't care a lot. So, uh, I'm Open Family. Please, please reach out. Let me know. Is it supposed to be I can care less or I couldn't? Ca- I could care less. I couldn't care less. Which one Which one is it? Because I, I would feel like I couldn't care less. That's what I would say. Because I literally could not care less. I feel like that's a big diss. I, I couldn't care less. 
couldn't even care less if you if you I mean I don't know if if what would happen but no matter what I did even if I was asleep I couldn't be thinking about this problem less than I am right now that seems like maybe what LeBron meant to say and doing a little historical background research on this grammatical topic the phrase I couldn't care less actually originated in Britain England yeah, so that makes sense. That's where the that's where the English language is originally from. So the phrase "I couldn't care less." They started it. It started to appear in the United States in the 1950s. So the phrase "I couldn't care less" originated in England, and that's the first place people have have seen it pop up. But the phrase "I could care less" actually originated over here in the United States. So. That's just another example of the way we Americans like to borrow things from other people and ruin them. Uh, that was a really great example because this doesn't make any sense. Now we think we're doing it the right way by saying I could care less when originally it was meant to say I couldn't care less and I'm sure people just didn't enunciate correctly and eventually it just became I could care less. Some guy at Harvard said that it's okay because it's ironic or something. I don't think it was supposed to be ironic. I think people just messed it up. Thought somebody was saying I could, they were saying I couldn't, and then they just started saying could just because it was easier, and now it doesn't make any sense. Or some some people also argue that people are actually trying to say I couldn't care less, but they say so quickly, you don't hear the nt part, so just I could care less. I Yeah, you know what? I find those all hard to believe. The easiest explanation for me is that we Americans are dumb and ruin everything. I'm not saying LeBron is dumb and ruins everything. Uh, he's just following in line with this culture that he's come up in. And I have said, I, look, I'll admit, I'll admit right now in front of all of the I'm Open family because we're an open show, I have said I could care less before. I know I have. And I'm, and I'm embarrassed and I'll probably say it again because that's what everybody says. And now you're looking around like I don't want to seem like the one who's dumb because I don't know the phrase, but when you really think about it, it's obviously supposed to be, I couldn't care less, and that's the way the Brits say it. And I'm not saying that the Brits do every single thing right, I'm just saying that they did come up with this phrase, and I think they, they had it right the first time, and then we kind of just took it and ran with it, and now it doesn't make sense. So, LeBron, I love you. It's not your fault, but I'm open family. Please, please reach out to me. Let me know if you can help me clarify this. What is really the right way to say it? What's the right way to go about this? Can we fix this, or is it too late? Or could you care less? Let me know. Now, for our next topic, we're going to be looking at a group of somebodies who could definitely care less. And by that, I mean Canadians. In this instance of the phrase, I mean they care a lot. And Canadians, that's one of the great traits of their people. Obviously, I'm not trying to say that every single person is alike from every who's from the same place. But that's not true. But, you know, Canadians on the whole are thought to be a caring, uh, a caring people. And they care... Uh, more rather than less and we appreciate them for that because we here in the states a lot often care care less um and recently i was watching a basketball game on my computer and i was streaming the game uh using a uh, service on the internet and the stream was showing a channel from tsn which stands for the sports network it's basically just the espn of canada and even if you look up the font for TSN, uh, either TSN has to be owned by ESPN or have copyright infringement. I don't totally know how copyright works across international borders, but the logo literally looks basically exactly like ESPN's logo, but there's just a T instead of the E and the P, and, and you get the point. It's red letters, TSN. So anyway, I was watching a basketball game, and the stream was picking up the TSN channel stream, and when you're watching an athletic event of any kind, basketball, football, whatever, baseball, uh, 
hockey. Sorry, I forgot soccer. There's a lot of different sports, and I love them all. So uh, you might see across the bottom of the screen a little what they call a ticker, which is the name of the names of other teams and players that are currently playing at the same time. So it'll go across, show a score of another game, like Denver Nuggets 38, Utah Jazz 28. Second quarter, it'll say the game, and it'll tell you the high scorers from each team in the game. So that's just a way you can keep tabs on the other games that are going on at the same time as the game that you are watching, because uh, you can't watch every game at once unless you are Hermione and have one of those little twisty things that helps you go back in time and then uh, do something else that you weren't doing at the time before as long as you don't bump into yourself in the past. So I don't think any of you guys have that. So anyway, we'll go just go go forward based on the uh, sort of uh, expected parameters of our reality that I think we're probably all participating in. Uh, so what I was getting at was you can only watch one game at once. It tells you how everybody else is doing in the other games along the bottom of the screen. That's called the ticker. Now... What I noticed about TSN just the other day when I was watching it um, that I've never noticed before is that in the ticker, there is a tiny little Canadian flag emoji, uh, and before emojis, it just would have been called a little uh, picture, I guess, of a Canadian flag, which goes next to the name of all the Canadian players that are playing in all of the games. So if you're watching a game on TSN, you can see if anybody who's Canadian is doing well in any of the other games. And this honestly just made me so happy to see the way Canadians support each other and the way Canadians are proud to be Canadian. So you scroll across the bottom and you just might be looking at Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Mike Conley has 19 points, Jaron Jackson has 12 points, and Dylan Brooks has 9 points, and he's Canadian! There's a little flag, it's, all, it's almost like more exciting, and it had me looking more intently than I ever had at the ticker at the bottom of the screen, wondering when the next Canadian would come up. Now, I... I'm a big basketball fan, so I already knew that all these players were Canadian, but it's still exciting. You don't necessarily know if they're going to be having a big day or not, so you're seeing the Clippers score roll across the bottom of the screen, and Tobias Harris has 24 points, and Patrick Beverly has 12 points, and look at that! Shea Gilgis, Gal <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander has 12 points as well, and he's also Canadian! So then I basically began watching the ticker even more than I was watching the actual game because I kept waiting for another Canadian to show up. Oh, look, now we're looking at the Denver Nuggets and Jamal Murray. He's Canadian and he has 30 points. And okay, Gary Harris has a solid 18 points. And look, another Canadian. It's like a four-leaf clover, two-on-one team. Trey Lyles also has 11 points. So this just made my night, honestly, and maybe that means my life is sad if seeing some little Canadian flag emojis on the bottom of the screen made my night, but it was really exciting. It really was exciting, and I was more intently focused on the ticker to see Canadians than I was to see just the real game that I was actually watching, and it just made me happy imagining Canadians at home, in their Canadian homes, watching on their Canadian TVs in their Canadian living rooms watching and supporting their favorite NBA players around the league, just being nice Canadians. Oh, Corey Joseph, eight points and four assists, a great job, Corey. Just imagining them sitting back. Oh, Tristan, look, 14 points and 14 rebounds, eh? Tristan, oh, Andrew Wiggins, 19 points, eh? Attaboy, Andrew. I'm just imagining the Canadians, they'll root for any team. Obviously, they like the Raptors the most. That's Canada's team. But the Canadians, in my mind, I don't know, I haven't asked them, but let me know to all my Canadian members of the I'm Open family, will you guys just root for any team as long as you get? they have at least one Canadian? Um, I vote that you should because it's fun, and then you get to see a little Canadian flag across the bottom. You get to wait and see how they do. And it's a nice little shout-out to your country and gives you something to be proud of. So, TSN, thank you for your service. Uh, shout-out to Canada, and shout-out to all the I'm Open family out in Canada. Love you guys.
as everybody in the iMoping family knows, we are big fans on this program of the Williams sisters, and we will basically take any opportunity to discuss a topic that involves them. Obviously, with Serena's wardrobe issues, we were talking about that recently. They were holding down the number one spot in our siblings' power rankings, and they still are to this day. And we always give them a shout-out whenever we get the chance. Now, this is probably the craziest and strangest story regarding the Williams sisters yet. And this one is specifically about Serena, and actually even a little bit more specifically about her daughter. Serena has a beautiful baby daughter, Olympia um, Ohanian, who was recently born. Uh, I believe last year and her daughter has a doll that's okay a lot of kids have dolls I even had a couple dolls when I was a kid and I am manly enough to admit it so there and that's fine for her to have a doll but I noticed in a post on Instagram from Serena that her daughter's doll actually has her own Instagram so I had you know I had to look into this and the Instagram, if you guys want to follow or, or see for yourselves, the Instagram tag is real Kai Kai. And I don't know if I'm spelling this right. The doll's name is Q-A-I-Q-A-I. So my guess would either be Kai Kai or Chai Chai. I think it's probably Kai Kai. But uh, the that's the doll's handle is the real Kai Kai. And the, uh, the bio... Uh, on her Instagram page says Kai Kai motivational speaker daughter and best friend of Olympia Ohanian that is Serena's daughter granddaughter of Serena Williams and Alexis Ohanian Uh, shout out to uh, Serena of course and to Alexis for making it possible for me to stream the game which I previously mentioned and she has 57 thousand followers i'm not saying 57 5700 57,000 people people real people follow this doll kai kai who is olympia ohanian's daughter doll wow wow is all i can say i mean i understand that people kind of use social media to escape from reality to not necessarily be involved with things that are going on in the real world, but whoa, 57,000 followers. And Serena will actually, I assume it's Serena, it could be somebody else, will pose Kai Kai around the house and do funny little sassy comments. Like, for example, on November 29th, it must have been really warm and sunny where they live, and they posted a pic of Kai Kai out lying on a lounge chair and it said winter comma where that's that was a that was a really funny one then there was another one of her reading a book it's a book by beyonce called how to make lemonade and she wrote sipping lemonade instead of tea today the profile started off just with pictures of the doll mostly lying around on the floor in different locations where olympia had discarded her but as the doll grew so too did her sense of humor and for example there's a photo of what i assume is the family traveling and there's a little duffel bag and you can see kai kai's little hand poking out of the duffel bag now it is a little bit freaky to see a baby hand poking out of a duffel bag i have to admit it's not something you normally uh, like chuckle at but in this one it says secure the bag don't let it secure you that's dope secure the bag kai kai's a little baby she's already worried about the bag there's another one that's a little gallery of photos one with her grandfather quote unquote which is alexis ohanian one with her grandmother which is serena and another one with a little toy puppy that i assume is also another stuffed animal of uh of olympia's and it says one taught me love one taught me patience one taught me pain and for any of you guys who don't know that's from a very (laughs) popular song by Ariana Grande that's out right now. So this girl, even though she's just a tiny little baby who's actually the baby of a baby, she's already very hip and she's already got jokes, funny comments about pop culture references, sassy little thing. I mean, this she's killing it. 
She's killing it. And this, like, I mean, it makes me feel a little inadequate, honestly, about my own. Uh, but I'm humble enough to, to recognize that. It does make me feel a little inadequate about my own uh, social media accounts. The fact that this little plastic, little piece of... <coughs> oh, boy. You see, how, you see how upset it makes me? You see how upset I am now? Because this little piece of plastic literally has 57,000 followers. 57,000. And she's killing it. She's honestly a big-time influencer. And how does that make you feel? Unless you have more than 57,000 followers, you can't be talking either. And I doubt that you do, okay? So this baby doll has more followers than you, and probably by about 50,000. This is just a sort of message and a lesson to all of you guys out there. If you think you're hot on social media, if you have the best curated Instagram accounts, if you think your photos are banging and you have the perfect filter, this baby is whooping your ass. This baby has a much cooler social media presence than you do, okay? So take a good long look in the mirror, because it's not even a real baby, it's a plastic fake baby okay, that a baby can carry around and leave on the sidewalk in this piece of plastic that was $38.99, no, I don't know exactly how much it is, I'm just saying, hypothetically, has a much bigger influence on social media than you do, they have more followers than you do, more people comment on their posts, like their posts, see their posts, all that shit, okay, this baby is whooping your ass, okay, so take a good long look in the mirror and just realize we can all be humble, we could all, we all should be humble, right we all should we really all should because you can't get one second you think you're getting hot you think you're on the rise you think you're a hot shot and then suddenly you see a little piece of plastic baby i mean if it's designed plastic it's not just literally like a piece of, of like a plastic like the things that hold cans together i'm not talking about that but it is made of plastic and a doll a toy an actual toy that's a baby's toy that is posing around the house making funny sassy comments has a much bigger social media footprint and presence and following than you do and that's a fact and should you feel bad about yourself no i'm not saying you should feel bad about yourself i'm not i'm just saying check yourself that's all i'm not saying you should feel terrible about yourself because you shouldn't you should feel great about yourself and also recognize your own limitations and the limitations of your own scope which, you know, which isn't that, it's small. Let's just, think, let's just recognize it's small. And that's okay, you can still make a big impact to the people around you, make them feel better every day, make the people who you love and you get to see every day, even if there's people that you don't love, you can still do great things to make their day, make their week, make them feel good. And that's super important. But you will never, you will never have the impact that little Kai Kai does. Because this doll, look, she's already has like 50... 7,000 followers, like I said, it's going to be just growing and growing. You're not going to catch her if you haven't already. So that's okay. Be be happy with what you have. Be humble and recognize that, you know, you can still make a big impact in your own position, even if it's not maybe, this, you know, the same position that this uh, baby doll is in. And that's okay. And that's totally okay. And you're still a very valid and you're a special, unique individual living human being and that's important that's really important so don't forget that and i love you i'm open family and i i i didn't want to make it seem like i was making fun of you i didn't want to make it seem like i was berating you or or, or trying to bring you down i just want to remind everyone that there's literally a plastic baby doll that probably has more followers than all of us combined and that's okay and i and i i i hope you're, you're happy with this world because you've created it and I'm, I'm very happy with it. I'll just say that. I'm one of those 57,000 followers. And I'm very proud of Kai Kai. And her success is my success. It's vicarious. Her success is totally my success. I'm proud of her. I want to see her keep growing, 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 and keep going. So that's all. I, I'm, I'm content. I'm, I'm found my place where I can be humble. I don't think I'm too hot. And I'm happy. I'm actually happy that Kai Kai has more followers than me. I'm actually, I don't want to have more followers than Kai Kai because I don't, she, you know, I don't make people happy like she does. And that's okay. That gives me something to shoot for. That's a goal. That's what I call a goal. 
and that's okay. It's important to have goals so you don't get complacent. So thank you, Kai Kai, for motivating me. Thank you, Serena, for being just a boss like you always are on social media. Thank you, Olympia, uh, for sharing your baby doll with the world. And thank you, Alexis, for creating a crazy internet jungle gym for everyone to uh, do crazy shit on. So uh, thanks to everyone in the family, and especially Kai Kai. Everything in 2018 just seems to be so jumbled and mixed up, doesn't it? I mean, you're saying I could care less when you actually couldn't care less, or maybe it's the other way around. There's a doll that's way more uh, famous and influential than a lot of people who are trying their best to be famous and influential. And there's someone who just got fired who got a standing ovation. Nothing is, nothing makes sense. And that's America, boys and girls. So, Mike McCarthy, he's been the coach of the Green Bay Packers for a while. He actually won a Super Bowl with them. The only problem is, ever since he's won a Super Bowl, he hasn't really brought it, as they say, and they haven't had too much success. And Aaron Rodgers, his quarterback, is the star of the Green Bay Packers, and he's been one of the best players in all of football for the past generation he's a superstar he's so awesome and a lot of people have felt like Mike McCarthy was kind of wasting the prime of Aaron Rodgers career by only allowing him and coaching him to appear in one single Super Bowl despite the fact that he has won multiple MVP awards as the best player in football. So the Packers have had a very disappointing and down season, and then there's been a couple key moments, key games that they felt like would really be big ways to turn around their season or catapult themselves to some momentum that might really help them down the home stretch to make the playoffs. Each of those times, they haven't been able to pull out a win, and eventually Coach McCarthy lost his job just last week. But it wasn't all tears. It wasn't all fights and throwing plates and uh, throwing leftovers and uh, whatever, scraping cars, whatever people do when they break up. It was uh, nice. It involved clapping. And after he was fired, Mike McCarthy asked to come back to the building and collect his belongings and say goodbye to his former colleagues. And the ownership of the team said that would be okay. And when Coach McCarthy returned, he received a standing ovation from his former colleagues and, and the players on the team. Now, to me... Um, I haven't been fired, which is, um, I'm happy about that. I'm knocking on wood that I don't uh, get fired anytime soon. But I don't know if this was like an ironic clap or a genuine clap. When they say standing ovation, sometimes clapping can be a little bit of a sneak diss. Or sometimes when you clap for, you know, for example, just to contextualize, if I was having dinner with my family and my brother elbowed a glass of water and spilled it all over the table, I would definitely, I would definitely start slow clapping him to make him feel embarrassed and to magnify the stupidity of what he had done. And I, that's funny to me. If you guys don't like to bully uh, your siblings, that's to each his and her own. But I personally do like to make fun of my brother, and I would definitely slow clap him in a situation like that. I feel like a slow clap is a great uh, tool to use in public or amongst a group when somebody has done something that's obviously stupid. Then you just be like, oh, way to go, buddy. Really nice job. Really good. That's really smart. You know, it's kind of a that sort of vibe. So I don't know what it was. I honestly don't know. I mean, there's reports that have come out in the past couple of weeks that Aaron Rodgers wasn't so pleased with the offense that his team is running, that former teammates of his recall Aaron being frustrated at plays that the coach was calling. Um, there was a lack of creativity on the team, and despite having the best quarterback in football, maybe not this season, but sort of over the past, definitely probably tied with Tom Brady and maybe Drew Brees as the best quarterbacks in football over the last five or ten years. They were just not cutting it. It was clearly something that was not working. But when he came back in, everybody was like, the, Hey, coach is back! Yeah! And uh, I don't know if it was 
I don't know. I feel like you kind of want people to be a little bit sad when you leave. You don't want people to be like, all right, coach. Well, thanks. But great. Great. I don't I don't know if that's good. I think I, I, I know it's good to have good vibes. It's good to have clapping and positive vibes, good feelings. But, you know, for example, I, at a previous workplace of mine, we had somebody um, who was leaving the workplace who didn't have a huge approval rating around the office. Uh, this person wasn't necessarily a, a fan favorite among uh, their colleagues, we, uh, of which I, I was one of them. So when we were having the farewell party, it wasn't really a sad day. It was actually one of the, like, just jolliest and most kind of free and easy, like, hey, well, this has been great. Anyway, see you later. Wow. Can't believe it's been so long, a year and a half, and you're leaving. Can't believe it. Have a, You know, nobody was actually really sad about it. And that's what made it such a chill and nice going away party is people were happy to see the person go away, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And that was, I was kind of reflecting as in that moment and following that moment, you know, that, that was one of the most kind of just laid back and fun times we had all had as a full staff with that member of the staff present and it was when we all knew that we would never probably have to see them again or definitely not in a work context and everybody was like well anyway this has been really great and have a good one and all right we wish you the best and that's when everybody was actually in a great mood when they knew they didn't have to work together anymore so i'm kind of wondering is the same case true for Mike McCarthy and the Packers? Are they just like, you know, obviously the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder, maybe not seeing for their, their coach for a couple, their former coach for a couple of days. It was like, you know, he was a good coach, wasn't he? He was a nice guy. What I also kind of wonder is it like they're happy he left, so that's why everybody's just kind of in a good mood. They don't want him to feel bad because he probably is, you know, just because somebody's not good at their job doesn't mean they're not a good person. That's not necessarily the way it works. Some people are good at their jobs and they're assholes, and some people aren't very good at their jobs, and they're really nice people, and that's just life. So maybe people on the team felt bad for him, liked him as a guy, but didn't necessarily want him as a coach. And I think that whole equation is when you add up to the guys all clapping. I'm like, hey, hey, coach, welcome back, but not for long, just for a couple minutes, and hey, good job, and we wish you the best, and hey, and if he really was somebody that they really, really, really wanted as a coach, I don't think they would have said, coach got a round of applause. I think they would have said he was very emotional and players were crying and coach was telling him, hey, you can do it without me. You can carry on without me. I believe in you guys. Do it for each other. Do it for me. Cause but it didn't really seem like it was one of those situations. It seemed like it was like, well, coach, hey, good to see you again. But it kind of... Uh, it did not seem like the players were like really sad that he was going. So I don't know. I feel like you can read between the lines there on that headline. That's nice that they gave him a standing ovation, but the fact that they were in the mood to, to give a standing ovation probably means that they weren't too pissed that he lost his job. To sum it up, if I'm leaving a place, I don't know if I necessarily want people to clap me out. It makes it seem like they're like, finally, hey! You know, I would, I would almost rather have people just sobbing, like, don't go, don't go. And obviously, like, you know, it's better just to avoid sad goodbyes either way. But uh, just the way the team reacted upon seeing Coach McCarthy again didn't make it seem like they were necessarily missing him that much. Not that they hated him as a guy, just that they weren't too sad about him leaving their team. And that's okay, too. But it's funny the way that media spins stories with these little headlines to bring out uh, maybe the narrative that they want to show. And now, following the whole standing ovation story, there's now a story that Coach McCarthy is interested in coaching the Seattle Seahawks, and that's his dream job. Well, unfortunately, he just got fired for not being a very good coach, and the Seattle Seahawks are having a great season, and they actually already do have a pretty good coach named Pete Carroll, who's won them a Super Bowl. So might as well have a dream job to be Prince's backup dancer because uh, it's not happening, Mike. It's not happening. <laughs> um, but he clearly has some sort of friend in the media, in the interwebs, blogish, blogging sphere, 
who is willing to put out all these different stories about uh, Mike McCarthy, even though he just got fired. And I bet we're going to hear next how he's been hitting the books, going back, researching, visiting with naval uh, admirals, visiting with the University of South Dakota's women's lacrosse team, visiting with the Los Angeles Lakers to figure out how he can bring all the knowledge he can to make himself a better coach. And he also lost 70 pounds and ran a triathlon and won MasterChef Junior. Uh, but I'm not really falling for it because let's look at the product he actually puts out on the field. And if you can't make it happen with Aaron Rodgers, who is the best quarterback, if not basically tied for being the best quarterback of this generation, it's kind of hard to see how you could make it with anybody else. But thank you, Coach McCarthy, for your service and for your, uh, I guess, jolly demeanor. It seems like your players do like you as a, as a person, even though they maybe didn't like you as a coach. So I'm Open Family, you probably are aware of my simmering beef with Lance Armstrong, um, who is uh, well known for uh, being a, a bicyclist, uh, creating the Livestrong bracelet, and um, briefly uh, dating Cheryl Crow. I don't have any problem with the Livestrong bracelet, so let me just put that out there right now. Despite maybe uh, some of his shortcomings um, in terms of telling the truth about uh, substances that he was consuming that might help him perform as an athlete. He is an incredible person. Um, he has done an incredible, incredible amount, both financially and just in terms of building awareness for cancer research, and he's become a huge ambassador for that cause and we're all grateful for that and he's really an incredible person recently he has done some things that just kind of I don't understand why he's doing that I guess that's the best way to explain it and I understand I mean look I know Lance is maybe a little frustrated that he sort of has a mixed legacy because he did do so many incredible things for the world and he has been an incredible advocate for people who, uh, you know, have suffered from this awful, awful, awful disease. At the same time, though, he has done some things that make him kind of seem like a jerk. And so it complicates his legacy and it complicates the way people think about him. So recently, uh, Lance had an interview on the Today Show and he decided to bring up Alex Rodriguez, who's another gentleman who also decided to use some different substances that would help him perform better, perform better at his own sport. And... He said, A-Rod didn't raise half a billion dollars and try to save people's lives. Look, it's great when somebody hits home runs and maybe does an event here and there for the Boys and Girls Club. So, look, I understand. A-Rod, people hated A-Rod. First, because he was like the highest paid player of all time. Was he worth it? Did he really care? Then it turned out he did steroids and people hated him. But look. At this point, A-Rod is killing, and he has made it all the way back. There was a time where even Yankee fans didn't even ride hard for A-Rod like that. But now he's back on TV. He's dating J-Lo. He's killing it. He's wearing turtlenecks left and right. He looks like he's refreshed. He looks like he'd still play pro. He's looking great. And he's back. A-Rod is back. And public perception, the fan support is there for A-Rod. And even though he had his downs, he's now having his ups, and people are loving him. And he has totally redeemed himself. And I understand, like, I understand where Lance is coming from. A-Rod didn't have, like, a big cause that he was a part of. He's not necessarily known for being a humanitarian. So why do people love A-Rod? Look, man, because A-Rod's just chilling, having a good time. He's laughing. He's tickling Big Poppy, who used to be one of his rivals. He's on TV just having fun. He's rocking turtlenecks left and right whenever he gets the chance. He's out with J-Lo being a power couple supporting her. He's having fun living his best life. He's not trying to be defensive, and he's not trying to prove why people should like him. 
And I think that was his problem when he was younger. That's honestly the problem for a lot of athletes and a lot of people in the public eyes. They're trying to prove why people should like them. And don't prove why people should like you. Just be you. And people will like you for being genuine and for being yourself. I think A-Rod's matured and he's come to a mindset that, look, I'm going to live my best life. And whether people agree with me or not about some of my choices or about what that means to live, you know, what maybe they're living their best life is different from what I think living my best life is, that's okay. But they can at least respect me for doing me and he's doing great and I think Lance is still so worried about proving why people should like him and look A-Rod if I'm A-Rod I'm like keep my name out of your mouth keep my name out of your mouth I'm doing well I've redeemed myself I'm back on top after I was down I'm not trying to drag you down so why the hell are you trying to drag me back down I'm out here with J-Lo I'm out here on ESPN okay I don't need you fucking talking trash about me just to try to pull yourself up off of me that's like the whole crabs in the barrel thing. Let A-Rod be the crab that gets out of the barrel, and then maybe Lance will reach back down with his little crab claw and pull you back up so you can also get out of the barrel. And he'll be like, you know, Lance isn't that bad either. All us steroids boys back in the day, honestly, it wasn't even that bad. I mean, come on, we're just trying to be our best at our sports, and we're all chilling. But no, instead, Lance is trying to use A-Rod as an example of a reason why people should like him more. And to me, honestly, that just makes me like him less. I know, Lance, you are an incredible guy. I can't believe you came back. I cannot believe you came back and you won. And you were such an incredible athlete after what you had to deal with. I cannot believe the impact you had on the entire world. Really, really did. But then when you just do one little thing like this, it's like the fly in the ointment. And it's like, why do you have to be like this? Why do you have to be salty like this? You could, those are the things that you can say to your friends. You can say when you're back at home to your wife, man, I can't believe A-Rod, this guy, A-Rod, he's a douche. And he, if you feel that way, that's okay. But that's one of those things that you just kind of keep to yourself because now it just seems like you're trying to trash somebody else to make yourself look better. And that's, that's something I learned th thanks to my parents when I was very young. There's no reason to try to put somebody else down just to make yourself feel better. Because you might feel better for one second feeling that like that person is below you or that person is, is having a worse day than you. But that is superficial. That's not going to last. That's just that's a brief sensation of feeling like you're in control when you're really not in control. You're just lashing out. And I think that's what Lance is doing right now. Really making other people feel better is the key. And then they'll in return make you feel better. And then we'll all feel better. So let's... Be positive, Lance. Let's be positive. I understand you don't get why A-Rod is on ESPN right now, why he's dating J-Lo, and why he's flexing in turtlenecks left and right like he doesn't care. But that's the reason. It's because he doesn't care. He could care less. Or was he? He couldn't care less. Whatever it is, that's what A-Rod's doing, right? He's chilling, and he's feeling good, and he's rocking his aviators, and he's smiling, and he's got his groove back. He's got his groove back. And that's what you need to do, Lance. Stop worrying about all the outside voices. Stop worrying about all the judgment and expectations from everybody else. Just worry about doing you and being your best you. And people will buy into it. And people will support you. And you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. But stop trying to drag other people. And stop trying to bring other people down. Because in the long run, Lance, it's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to make anybody else feel better. And it's going to burn bridges for you for people who maybe could have been your friends. So Lance, this is from me to you. I'm still open, I'm always open. I am open to being your friend, but as long as you're trying to beef with all these different people, including my man A-Rod, uh, we, we still do have beef. We, dis we still do have beef, Lance, and I'm sorry. I wish we didn't, and let's try to figure out a way to work this out, and the first way we can do that is just with you being just a positive, nice person. So it's a pretty um, easy and simple step. And if you have Canadian friends, you might want to just ask them for, for some tips about how to go about those uh, things. We all know I'm open family that we can't say goodbye without honoring our Mask Off Performer of the Week. We do that every single show. This segment is a shout-out to the one and only legendary Future. 
mask on, fuck your mask on, mask on, fuck your mask on. This week, our mask off performer is Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr is a quarterback. That means he plays football. And he is a member of the Oakland Raiders. Now, Derek Carr, he started off really hot as a young player. A lot of people thought he was going to be one of the bright young stars in the league that might, you know, be one of the faces of the NFL into the 2020s when the sort of older crop of quarterbacks, the Peyton Mannings, Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees's, all retire and um, Peyton Manning already did retire but you know that whole generation everybody thought Derek Carr was one of the next generation who's gonna kinda come and take that mantle from those guys and be one of the faces of the league one of the superstars of the league but these last couple years he has really started to struggle his team has also really struggled and it seems like things might have come to a culmination with Derek Carr and between he and his teammates in their recent loss to the Seattle Seahawks the whole issue began with Derek Carr getting sacked, getting tackled, and injuring his arm. It was a bad game. It's in the middle of, the, of a bad season. The Raiders were only 1-5 and five at the time. Now they're not doing very much better. They're 3-10. and ten. He got sacked towards the end of the game against the Seahawks. He seemed to be wincing in pain. There were some accusations that Derek Carr was actually crying on the field after he got tackled. And I can't say it or write it better than Marcus Thompson of The Athletic. He did it so poetically. And here is what he wrote in the aftermath of that incident. He said, The belief in him, obviously referring to Derek Carr, has deteriorated, perhaps to irreparable levels. Team sources describe a fractured relationship between Carr and his teammates, mostly because confidence in him has waned. It certainly didn't help when film showed what looked like him crying after being sacked and injuring his arm. They saw his face. They heard his whimper. They witnessed him explain on the sidelines. They assuredly watched it again in film session. It's hard to see how Carr can lead this team again. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So the man cries, and suddenly his teammates cannot trust him. He cried. The grown man cried in front of everyone, and now no one can trust him as a leader. I want to stand up for Derek Carr. Because so what if he cried? Did he cry? Didn't cry? Then he's coming out and saying, I didn't cry. His teammates are coming out and saying, we trust Derek. We believe in Derek. He didn't cry. People are zooming in, trying to go back and look at the film and see, did a tear drop down here? Did a tear drop down over here? This is what Derek says on his Twitter. He said, on the ground, I yelled, get me up, get me up. Then I got to the sideline and yelled again, not one tear, not one time. There is the truth. He obviously is saying he didn't cry. My, what I'm saying is, Derek, just own it if you did cry. It's okay. If I played football, I would probably cry, like every game, because it hurts. It hurts. Don't pretend like it doesn't hurt when you break your arm or get it dislocated or whatever happened to his arm in that moment. It's okay. I think there's something wrong with our society. It's something that hopefully we can work on. I don't know if it will ever be fully fixed. But men aren't allowed to feel pain. Men aren't allowed to express themselves when they feel pain or sadness. And I think it causes sometimes, it causes us to lash out in ways because we are holding everything back and we're trying to not express ourselves. And I think it's just healthiest and most natural to just express how you feel. Express yourself. If you need to cry, cry. And if you're upset, that's okay. And that doesn't mean you're not a good leader. Leaders can cry too. It's okay. Just because you cry doesn't mean you can't lead other people. Because being vulnerable sometimes is what great leaders have to do to show, look, we're all upset. You don't want somebody laughing and chuckling and just having a great time when your team is getting smacked. And sometimes you don't even want somebody who's just stone-faced and not reacting. It's good sometimes to see somebody really passionate, passionate about the game. Whether you're crying, dancing, whatever it is, show how you feel. And I think... The people around you on your team can feed off of that. I don't know if Derek cried or not. I'm not saying he did, but I'm just saying if he did, he doesn't need to be embarrassed about it. Going out on Instagram and or going out on Twitter and saying, like, you guys are crazy, stop. I mean, look, 
if you cried, that's okay. And look, if you didn't cry, that's okay too. I'm not saying he's not allowed to stand up for himself. Of course he is. And of course, it's great that his teammates came and, and stood up for him. And that's what teammates are supposed to do. But if you cried, that's okay. That's my big point. Boys are allowed to cry. Men are allowed to cry. Women, pets, dogs, cats. I mean, it's okay. Crying is natural. If you've never cried, there's probably something wrong with you. If you, I mean, that's that's my opinion. It's totally natural to cry. And Derek, he actually came back and he proved me right and he proved the haters wrong. After he cried, or maybe didn't cry, or who knows, he has actually won two more games. That's at the time they only had one win. Their team still stinks. And in this most recent game that they played, when people now are saying. There's no chance Derek Carr will ever come back to Oakland after this season. His teammates have given up on him. His team, his coach has given up on him. Derek Carr came out against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are really a good, talented team who some people think have a chance to contend for the Super Bowl. And Derek Carr threw for 322 yards and two touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown pass with only 21 seconds to go in the game. And that doesn't sound like somebody who cried. Wait a sec. It does. And that's okay. People who cry can come back and be bosses and do awesome stuff and accomplish big things and succeed. And sometimes it's that rut. It's that struggle. It's that pain and suffering that motivates you to reach the top. And that lets you know how rewarding it really is and how special it really is to work hard for a goal to struggle for that goal and when you finally reach it that makes it all the more sweet so i'm not saying i know 100 percent that Derek carr cried maybe he didn't cry and if he didn't good for him but if he did good for him too and i hope this story is just a lesson that after Derek carr has rebounded after allegedly crying or maybe not crying and he came back balling against the steelers a team that was supposed to crush the raiders and he came back and played great and i hope this shows other men and women and athletes in general that it's okay to cry leaders can cry and there's still strength in showing your emotions and expressing your emotions that doesn't make you a weak person that just makes you an open person and that's why this ladies and gentlemen is the i'm open podcast thanks again for listening to the i'm open podcast don't forget to tell your friends to listen to the show and give us a rating and now you can follow us on instagram i'm open underscore pod for hilarious sports content every single day everybody have a great night and don't forget to stay open